Hey, look, um, first of all, you know, it's just a real privilege and it's just a, a real honour to be able to share with uh, all of you this morning. Um, you know, I was just really seeking God about what to share. And, uh, and I just really felt my heart just to share just a little about my own. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> the eagle has landed. Um, I just found my heart to really share about my own uh, personal testimony, about my own journey, uh, the disappointments, the setbacks, the victories, and, and, you know, just the strategies that God has given me through my journey that has helped me to process things, that has helped me to move forward. Amen. Helped me to overcome. And uh, I know I think I've shared it um, before, especially with the young adults, so bear with me. Uh, it's good to actually hear it again. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really the type to share two people about my world, you know, because um, nobody needs to know about my private business. Um, but when God says to testify about his amazing goodness in my life, then I need to humble myself and, and just to share. Amen. Um, because I think that there is just power in, in a personal testimony. Amen. So I just want to thank God how awesome he is that, you know, that what he is doing in my life and in your life, and he's constantly working, changing us, moving us forward. Amen. So uh, the message is beyond yesterday, moving forward. Amen. So I just want to kind of be a bit, you know, informal, relax, and I want to share just about uh, a little bit about Thomas and I and where we've come from, um, for those especially who don't really know us that well. Um, I remember sharing to at the uh, Forever Life Group and the young adults about how we actually met, how we actually fell in love. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was about in my late teens, 20, I think 20, when I gave my heart to the Lord, and, uh, and I said to God, you know, the guy that I meet, the next guy that I meet will be the guy that I marry. Amen. And um, so I waited, and I waited, not five years, not 10 years, but 12 years I waited. And so for all those young adults out there, you've got to wait about that time too. <laughs> no jokes, jokes. But uh, pr- I just pray that would be a lot less than myself. I think uh, Pastor Dallas, I think her record's about, she waited for nine years till she met Rod. So it's worth the wait. And, uh, you know, during that time of just waiting upon the Lord, you know, I kept myself busy, you know, with ministry, kept myself, you know, just hanging out with my single girlfriends and, uh, you know, just kept myself, I did a bit of traveling and, uh, you know, as I was waiting for the best, I just want to just talk to the young adults as, you know, while you're waiting for the right one, live a balanced lifestyle, amen. Seek wholeness in your mind, seek wholeness in your heart, Seek wholeness in your finances. Seek wholeness. Amen. And, uh, you know, because when that right person comes along, you're not high maintenance. <laughs> when that right person comes along, they're not going to get a shock. Amen. And, uh, you know, I do admit that, uh, you know, while we were kind of going out, Thomas found out that I had three credit cards. And... Um, <laughs> You know, I had that mentality, I'll oh, just wait till I get married, I'll sort it out. But, you know, he said to me, uh, what kind of Christian are you? <laughs> when he found out that I was in debt. But anyway, I just said, hey, you know, my money's your money, my debt's your debt. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, I moved up to Auckland in my late 20s, and uh, I'm originally from Wellington, Wanyamata. Anyone know where that is? <laughs> the promised land. And, um, and I moved up to Auckland, and I, I kind of got myself planted in a church, and um, I was involved in youth ministry. And I, I actually met Thomas because he was actually attending another church, and he was actually a youth leader there. So we met kind of at this youth event. And, you know, for Thomas, it was like love at first sight <laughs> when he saw me. And, you know, when, uh, because God spoke to him, God spoke to him and said, that beautiful woman right there is going to be your wife. Yep. And, you know, for me, it wasn't love at first sight when I saw him. I'm being honest. Because I wanted a guy that was out there, extrovert, dynamic, powerful. But, you know, leadership is not found in personality. Yeah, and you know, uh, what I really admire about Thomas is that, you know, leadership, I just saw leadership in him in his quiet and wise way. So, you know, praise God. Um, You know, I really praise God that we're a match in heaven because, you know, we've been married for about 13 years, married life. It's been rewarding. It's been challenging. It's a dying to self-ministry, married life or the... Couple say amen. It's a killing of the flesh ministry, but yet it's been transforming. Amen. And it's been life changing. It's been a victorious journey. And, uh, you know, we're not the same people as we used to be when we first got married. So, you know, I was actually, he was here last week on Wednesday. We watched the war movie. Yeah, there's a scene. It was awesome, eh? And uh, there's a scene um, where the the wife actually comes and sees the um, prayer warrior. And we kind of um, laughed because we thought, well, it was um, Henry who said, hey, that's Mama Bob, <laughs> the prayer warrior. And um, she said to the wife, I want you to uh, write down all the list of things that are wrong with you, all the faults that you can see in your husband. So she came up with about three pages long. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's just so important that we need to actually change ourselves before we can try and change our spouse. Amen. You know, when we change ourselves, you know, um, as we change ourselves to praying and just seeking God, I believe that, you know, that we can change our husband, we can change our children and the atmosphere around us. Amen. So, you know, instead of, um, you know, looking at the faults, you know, in our spouses, it's important that we just got to see the potential. And, uh, you know, I do say that, you know, um, that a lot of people do get stuck in their marriage, you know. They get stuck and uh, they see their, their spouse's faults. And I, I just believe that, you know, it's, um, you've got to let it go. You've got to move forward. Amen. And, uh, you know, I do admit, you know, during our married life that, you know, um, when I'm really annoyed with Thomas, <laughs> you know, I'd be, I, would, I don't want to talk. And Thomas would kind of say, are you okay? What's going on? And because, you know, um, I say, oh, no, it's all right, it's all right. And then he finds out that I'm stuck with that issue about a month ago that happened about a month ago. And he goes, are you still there? And, you know, and it's like, yeah, but I'm a woman. I'm emotional. You know, it takes me time to process. So I guess, you know, for all the, you know, wives out there, just let it go. Process it. Try and resolve it. If you can't resolve it, just give it up to God. But, you know, let it go and move forward. Amen. Because I tell you, you know, 
I guess without Jesus in our marriage, it would be miserable people, would have a miserable marriage. But we need Jesus in our marriage. Amen. And uh, so, you know, we've been married for 13 years and uh, we came to Australia and, uh, and God just led us to Forever House. Amen. And we've been uh, a pastor of Forever. We've been uh, here at Forever House for six years and, uh, th- and we've been uh, one of the assistant pastors with Pastor uh, Dallas and Pastor Jace uh, for about three, is it three or four years. Something like that. And I tell you, it's been, we've been so on fire for God, you know, as assistant pastors. It's been, we've been so on fire for God, meaning that we've been on fire. God's been just, you know, <laughs> firing us up, challenging us, molding us, <laughs> removing all the things in our lives and our hearts that's just making us stuck. So, you know, it, it's been uh, challenging, but it's been rewarding. Amen. Amen. So um, I just want to pray. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing. And Lord, will you just bless us, Father God, that God, that you breathe upon us, Lord, and just fill us with your spirit, Father God. And Lord, we just really pray that you speak to us, that you seal your word, that your word will not return void, but will accomplish the purpose that you've sent it. Lord, that you will have your way, have your way in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, Father God. And we're believing for a shift. We're believing for a breakthrough this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in Matthew nine seventeen, it says, Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will spill, and the wineskins will be ruined. Instead, they pour new wine into the new wineskins, and both are preserved. So, you know, Jesus told his disciples that you don't put new wine into old wineskins. Because the skins will burst, and the new wine will be wasted. So Jesus said, Anyone making new wine, it has to be poured into a new, fresh wineskin. So I want you to say to your neighbor, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Yeah. So you know what actually happens, you know, um, with uh, new wine is that there's a uh, a chemistry of change or fermentation that actually happens. So there's a, a fermentation process that begins. And so with the new wineskin back in the old days, um, it was actually made of goat skin and it was goat skin uh, was actually soft and flexible. So the new wineskin had to be stretched as a new wine was actually going through its fermentation process. So the new wineskin has to have the capacity to expand and to actually stretch to take the pressure and the, uh, and the expansion of the, of the process. So the reason why old wineskin cannot contain new wine is because it's already held wine in it before. It's already been stretched as far as it's going to be stretched. So old wineskin become dry, it becomes cracked, and it becomes inflexible. It can't withstand going through that expansion and fermentation process all over again. So if new wine is actually poured into old wineskins, it's going to burst. Amen. So, you know, Jesus is saying that he is like the new wine, that he's offering you new life, new changes, new ideas. He's downloading and he's speaking to you, new revelation. Amen. And that we as... um. Like new wineskin, we need to be in agreement. 
with what God is just speaking to us as he's downloading to you. As new wineskin, we have to be uh, expanded. We've got to be stretched. You know, we've been stretched in our marriage. We've been stretched in our faith. We've been stretched with our relationship with others. We've been stretched to the pressures of life and whatever's going on in your world. But at the same time, as we're being stretched, we have to allow God's presence, God's word into our lives. You know, what is God saying to you about, you know, your situation right now? What's he saying to you? Do you have to humble yourself when your boss is giving you a hard time? What is God saying to you about, you know, your marriage, to forgive and let it go? What is God saying to you about all these distractions, the movies that you're watching, social media? Are you spending time with God? Amen. So, you know, is he speaking to you about tithing, giving? Amen. We've got to be stretched. We've got to say, yes, I'm in agreement. Because God is always pouring new wine into our lives. But, you know, our lives can become old, like old wineskin. We can become cracked, dry, and inflexible because of our own old attitudes, our old ways of thinking, our old ideas, unforgiveness, hurts, disappointments, setbacks. So, when, you know, I just want to reiterate that new wine mixed and poured into old wineskin will burst. We don't want to be bursting. Amen. We've got to be progressively changing. We've got to be progressively expanding. We've got to be progressively stretching, and growing. And we've got to be like the new wineskin. We've got to let go of the past, let go of our pain, let go of the regrets. Amen. Let that unforgiveness go because God is doing a new thing. He's always doing a new thing. We can't stay in the same place all the time. We keep, have to keep going into uh, newer, le- newer levels from street to street and from glory to glory. Amen. And I, I remember I was praying and, uh, and I just saw a, 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 is it a barometer and I just saw a spiritual barometer and I just see um, the spiritual level in this house just keep going up and up and up and it's rising and you know what it's really exciting because God is wanting to, to move more so than ever before and we are so blessed and he wants to move in your life than ever before but don't be you know caught up with uh, being inflexible with being like I can't do it it's too much for me Amen. In Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Come on. We've got to throw it all off, the things that are hindering us, and let us run forward. You know, uh, I, I just want to share my first prophetic word that I ever received, ever, I didn't know anything about prophecy, but my first prophetic word was, uh, was that I was going to be a mum, that I was going to have a child. And, you know, that was over 20 years ago, 23 years ago exact. And, uh, and I received that when I was single. And, you know, uh, Thomas and I were, you know, just going through this journey. And, uh, you know, we've been praying, we've been believing, we've been fasting. And, uh, you know, our journey hasn't been easy because we've been going through treatments. I've been trying to lose weight, which is the story of my life. Uh, I've been, um, 
you know, just taking vitamins, um, seeing naturopaths, and I've had multiple uh, IVF, and, uh, and, you know, that's really cost us over 50 grand. And, uh, and that's why we live in Kingston, 414. <laughs> but, you know, the promise, we're still holding on to our promise over 20 years ago. And I know that you probably have your own opinions about IVF, but, you know, hey, that's my journey. And, uh, you know, I'm exploring other options, but this is my season. And, uh, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and uh, we're still believing for our promise. You know, we've had setbacks, we've had disappointments, and, uh, you know, so I get the phone call from the clinic, sorry, it's, uh, you know, your test results are unsuccessful. How many times I hear it, sorry, your blood test was abnormal, sorry, you know, uh, we have to cancel uh, your cycle again. And then, um, and then it was late last year, they said, look, we can't go ahead, we can't go ahead because, you know, uh, you need to have surgery. And uh, I've had multiple surgeries, and they said, look, you need to have surgery if you want to carry on with this uh, treatment. So, you know, late last year, um, uh, I had surgery again, and um, just to remove the things that was in my womb that was like a, a hindrance, was like a disease. And, uh, you know, I ended up having post-surgery uh, complications where I needed further surgery, and... Um, I didn't realise that my uh, right lung had collapsed and, uh, and also not only that, I was vomiting, there was obstruction in my bowel, sorry, <laughs> be a bit graphic, but, uh, but I ended up in ICU and I needed to be on a ventilator and I was in so much pain and uh, the doctors said that they couldn't understand how, how and why it happened but I guess that was just the, you know, um, complications of surgery and I was just one of those people. And uh, just during that time, uh, I was just experiencing a lot of pain and, and a lot of negative, so all these, when you're in pain, man, it was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, the, the negative thoughts just started flooding in and, uh, and, you know, the disappointments and because of unfulfilled expectations. And, you know, you know I'm honest, I'll be honest, I'm being real. You know, I started to sink into despair and, uh, and I started asking God, you know, why is this happening to me? Because I've been praying, you know, I've been declaring your word. I've been believing people have been blessed around me. And, you know, but I believe that through the prayers of, you know, Forever House, I was able to get myself out of that negative, you know, pity party. And, uh, you know, I was lying there in the hospital bed and uh, I found my heart that I had to change, change my perspective. Amen. I had to change the way I looked at things, and uh, and that helped me just to get myself unstuck and move forward. So I had to change my perspective that you know there are people that are worse off than me, who are in worse conditions, who've got no limbs, but I've got two arms and two legs. You know, I've got to be thankful that I don't have a life-threatening disease, and that really shifted something inside of me. Amen. And I always had to change my perspective about God. Because, because of the disappointments and the pain I was going through, you know, in my thinking, I was like, 
man, maybe I just don't deserve it. I don't deserve this promise. I don't deserve to be, you know, a mom or, you know, because, uh, and then things flooded from my childhood, you know, and because uh, I think I've shared my testimony before that as a child I was kind of raised in an abusive um, environment, lack of nurturing, lack of love. And, uh, and so I kind of perceived God, you know, kind of different. I saw like the way I was raised by my dad was like the way I saw God and that started to come flooding back in even though I had battled that before and uh, so you know I had to change my perspective that God loves me regardless his love for me is higher than the heavens that nothing can separate us from the love of God and I had to come to an acceptance that God is still good He still loves me, and regardless, he is an amazing and an awesome God. You know, that helped me, like one of the strategies to help me to keep going, get myself unstuck, and again I say, to keep moving forward. So don't allow disappointments, setbacks, or circumstances make you stuck. And, uh, you know, the Israelites, they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, Their journey could have taken 10 days, but it took them 40 years to go round and round the wilderness. And in Numbers 13, it says, prior to that, Israelites were at the edge. They were at the edge of actually moving forward into the promised land. And Moses sends 12 spies into the land. They returned, and 10 of them gave a discouraging report that went something like this. Yeah, it's great. The land is beautiful and everything that God has said it is. It is luscious, fruits are huge, and it's really nice. But, everyone says but. But we have absolutely no chance of possessing this land. It's occupied by heathens, and they are like huge giants. And we're like little runts. We're like little grasshoppers next to them. And that's what the 10 spies said. But there were other two spies, Caleb and Joshua. They said, you may see giants, but we see God. And if he wants us to have that land, then it ain't going to be a problem. Amen. See, Caleb and Joshua and the new generation, they entered and they moved forward and they were able to possess their promised land. Because Caleb and Joshua, they knew their God. They had different mindsets. They saw the possibilities. They knew their identity. They didn't see themselves as little runts or grasshoppers. And, you know, the 10 spies, that's their identity. That's how they saw themselves. And I think it's as important as, you know, people of God, we've got to see, not see ourselves as little runts or little grasshoppers. Amen. We've got to see ourselves as mighty, that we are more than conquerors. We are the head and not the tail. Amen. And, you know, Callum Joshua, they believed that God, with God on their side, they were able to defeat the enemy. They weren't people pleasers. You know, they tried to encourage everybody, all the Israelites, that, hey, we can do this. We can move forward. We can possess the land. But because of the report of the 10 spies, it just brought fear to everybody, to the whole nation. And so we've got to learn a lot from Caleb and Joshua. They had a different mindset. They had a different perspective. Amen. And because of the Israelites' fear and disobedience, they just wandered and they just got stuck in the wilderness. They wandered around and around and around because of their old mindsets. Amen. What is it that's causing you to get stuck? What is it that's causing you to go round and round and round 
round and round and round in that wilderness. Amen. You know, it's dangerous to get stuck. You know, it's like, you know, stagnant water is like a, sw- uh, uh, a swampy, it's like a swamp. It attracts a lot of algae, mosquitoes, flies, animal feces, and it stinks. Whereas moving water is always fast, clear, and refreshing. Amen. Uh, do you know, um, earlier this year, um, you know, we tried again with uh, IVF, so I'm just sharing a lot about my testimony. And uh, and I was hoping that, you know, with my surgery that it would just everything would be clear, um, that I'll be healthy again. But, uh, you know, my test results came back negative. And they said because of the surgery, it's actually shocked your body and it sent your hormones just all over the place. And... Uh, and, you know, um, that was another battle I had to go through. And, uh, again, you know, I'm being real. You know, the enemies just started to put doubt in my mind. And, uh, and I started to doubt my identity again. And, uh, and so I remember um, because of the disappointment, you know, Dr. Kathy um, Tolson, yeah, she came and she ministered to us. It was awesome. Um, she prophesied and said to me that you need to see yourself how God sees you because you have the goods. You have the goods. And you need to see yourself how God sees you. You're not a little runt. You're not a grasshopper. Amen. You are mighty. And uh, so I had to again, you know, in my journey, repent, ask God for forgiveness, change the way I think. And, uh, you know, and God showed me that I can't be like Esau who despised and sold his birthright to his brother Jacob. And I didn't realize that, that I despised who I was at my calling. And uh, I needed to know my identity in God. And God is positioning not only myself, but he's positioning you. Whatever your calling is for the greater purpose in God and your life, you know, your role at church, your role in your family, uh, your role at work. Our minds and our hearts, we need to match what God says about us. And Joshua 1, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, that you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Again, you are strong. You are courageous. You are fearfully, you are wonderfully made. You are more than a conqueror. You are the head and not the tail. And uh, we need to know who we are in God first so that God can pour new wine into us so that we're not wandering around and around in the wilderness and getting stuck. Amen. We need to be unstuck. And uh, I guess one of the strategies um, that has really definitely helped me um, in most seasons is worship. And, uh, you know, I shared before of the young adults, um, you know, I just love worship. And, uh, you know, I can just turn on a song and just worship God. And, uh, you know, I'm in the presence of God because, you know, whatever you worship is what you become. And, uh, you know, when you worship God, it's like God just downloads and he speaks to you. And he, you know, just kind of moves you, gives you strategies. So many things that God can do during your time of worship. Well, sometimes it's just good just to, just to worship and love God for who he is. Amen. 
And, you know, we are being transformed in the worship and the presence and the glory of God. And you just feel that the weight of life just lifts off you. Amen. I think one of the other key strategies that's helped me to move forward is I believe that you can go into higher and newer levels in God is sacrificial praise. That's praising God when you've got disappointments, setbacks, when you don't feel like it. Amen. When things are not going well, when you don't feel like it, when you're a lot of debt, when people are talking behind your back. Amen. When you're waiting and waiting and waiting for your promise, you've been waiting, you've been declaring the word of God, you've been believing and hoping, but you keep praising God. Amen. You praise God despite the negative report that you hear. Amen. You praise God when tragedy happens. You praise God when it hurts. You praise God when you're angry. You praise God when there's chaos around you. Amen. Because uh, that's a warfare against the enemy. You know, we praise God because you know what? And I say it again, God is still God and God is good and he is our sovereign God and he will turn things around for you. It may not happen suddenly, but it will happen. He knows where you've been, where you've come from. Amen. But, you know, sometimes, oh, but you don't realise. You don't realise what I've been through. You don't realise, you know, the childhood I've had. But, you know, uh, God does. And he's helped us, each one of us. He's helping us to keep moving, to keep moving. You've got to keep moving. Don't get stuck with the disappointments and setbacks. Keep moving. And, uh, you know, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. In Philippians 3, it says, Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And I press, I press, I press, I move forward towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let it go. Let it go. Amen. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. You know, um, at the moment, um, just to be honest, we're, we're going to keep going. We're going to try again uh, with IVF. Some people think I'm a bit cray-cray, but hey, you know. <laughs> I want to say that I don't want to have any regrets. And, you know, we've explored other options as well. But this is our season. And, you know, this whole journey has softened my heart. It really has. It's changed us. It's stretched us. It's helped us to move and to keep moving. If one door closes, another door will open. God is good. God is good all the time. And he is good. Amen. Amen. Can I minister to Rufi? Oh, she here? Rufi, you at church this morning? (laughs) Okay, Ruth. Sorry, can I just... 
No, it's all right. You can stay there. You know, Rufi, um, this scripture came to me and it says that in Isaiah 61 that God will bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You'll be like an oak of righteousness planted by the Lord for the display of a splendor. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Double portion is coming to you. And you know, um, you've had setbacks, you've had disappointments, life has been hard. But, you know, I just see just a real tenacity for you just to keep going and just to keep moving forward. That you're entering into the promised land, that you're on your journey, and it's just going to get easier and easier with God by your side. Get into the Word of God, get into worship, get into sacrificial praise, and you see things just falling off you. Amen. Amen. And uh, Shayla, is it Shayla? Yay, Shayla. Oh, you know, Shayla. just during worship, I just saw you, and, uh, and God is just unlocking things, you know, just setting you free, unlocking things in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit. And uh, I just see you just um, breaking through, moving forward. And, uh, you know, it's been hard, it's been tough. But the more that you persevere, the more that you move forward, the more that you trust in God. You know, he's going to give you the ability to um, to leap and to make progress. And I just see you just breaking through and just going forward into the things of God. Because there's, you think, is there anything else? But God's saying, there is so much more that I have in store for you. And, uh, and so we just really pray for God's blessings upon you. I just see just a real transformation over your life. And I just see that you are a new creation, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I just see you just rising up as a, as a mighty leader. And you're just going to be used so mighty, especially with young women young woman, young girls that you're going to speak life into. And uh, I just see God just multiplying you, that you're going to mentor young girls. And these young girls are going to mentor, mentor other young girls because of the, the, the uh, words of affirmation that you've spoken into them. So we just pray and we just bless Shayla this morning in Jesus' name. So I just want to welcome my awesome, awesome Thomas. Thanks, honey. Cool. Well, it's good to be in the house and finally giving you guys a word of God this morning. Well, um, thank you to my wife. It's always um, very good to you know see you again in the house of the Lord. It's very attractive. It's something attractive about a woman serving God, yeah? I mean, that very day I saw you serving God in his house, you know, he told me, there it is, grab it. Sometimes you just got to grab it, eh? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, uh, like I said, it's good to be in the house of God. And um, there's something about being in God's house, your father, yeah? You're able to kick back, relax, let him speak into your life, let him speak into your heart. You know, I was driving in this morning, and I had a word uh, for a number of guys in here, upgrade. Um, I'll just get a number of you to stand up. Um, 
Jeff, could you stand up, please? I have a word for you. Samuel, Sam, this, I believe this is for you as well. Um, Pastor um, Jason, I believe this is for you. Walter and my man David, I believe this is for you, even though you might not feel like it. Receive from the Lord this morning. I believe too, if you're in the worship team, I believe this word is for you also. I hear the Lord say, choose you this day, life or death. Curse or blessing? A blessing for your inheritance, a blessing for your family. I saw the light upon the Lord shine on you afresh. Not the old you, the new you. A light is shining. The Lord's light is shining upon you. I saw you guys carrying a flag. God's flag. Amen? Something about a flag bearer that, um, something about them. They got tenacity. You know, they take the higher ground. They want to push things up. They want to put Jesus' name higher. You know that? God is creating your guys' feet like Heinz feet. You've got to have the ability to climb, climb, push, reach the high top, put that flag up, and put Jesus' name higher. Amen? God is elevating you. God is wanting to put a word in your mouth, authority in your heart. He wants to let you guys know that God is pouring out authority, experience, skill, the ability to overturn, game changer, reversal. There's something about counter-attacking that God is going to give you the skill to do, to turn the works of the enemy and just turn it around for God's glory. Amen? There's something going to be about you about to push, to push, to push. When you think it's all over, you got no, uh, you got no more you got no more energy. you got no more power. You're going to have the ability to change gears. Turn that game around and change gears. Push, push, push. You think you only got six gears. you got more. It's endless. Put the foot down. Change the gear. Turn it up. Turn it up. Push through. Climb. Climb. Do it. Do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is there any more in there? Is there any more in there? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, God has given you armor, new armor. It's not the old stuff where you just kind of like put on that, the knight and shining armor you're carrying around that middle. It's the new stuff. You know the stuff that um, if you were able to carry that stuff around in these days' battles, you're going to get wiped out. There's going to be a new battle, a new enemy, and he's going to upgrade your gear. Upgrade. He wants you to wear it. Wear it day and night. Wear it every day. Get used to it. Get used to it. Amen? Get used to it. Live it. Breathe it. Okay? It's going to feel free to you. You might not you might feel uncomfortable at first, but it's going to, you're going to start to free up on it. You're going to get loose. You're going to agility, and you're going to get speed. Amen? Upgrades. Upgrades. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> well, um, well, it's... Uh, Beyond Yesterday. What an awesome title, eh? Pastor Brad, he just comes up with some awesome stuff. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to bring a word of yesterday, well, beyond yesterday. Just this week I was, um, I was you know, just, just this week I was thinking about a lot of uh, yesteryears, my yesteryears. My wife was asking me, do you miss working in the hospitality industry? I said, yeah, oh, well, you know, I had good times. I was single. I made money. You know, I met people from around the world. Um, you know, I was in the atmosphere. We were celebrating. 
we were, um, you know, it was, it was the atmosphere was buzzing. It was great for a single guy. But these days, nah, I got to move on. Um, I was at the barbers um, just, just, just this week, and he pulled out an old photo. He used to go to my school. He's about three years junior than I was. He pulled out a photo and um, showed me an old friend of mine, an old school friend of mine. Um, and, and we started to reminisce about the old days. Um, you know, we had, the, we had a great league team back then. We, um, we, uh, we were on top uh, um, in the local area. Uh, you know, we, we, fought, we fought, we won, um, you know, um, against, um, against, you know, good schools. And then um, at, the, um, at the finals, we had to play at South Auckland School. Back in South Auckland, if you guys know where South Auckland is, the rough south, you know, of Auckland in New Zealand, you know, they had the big boys over there. And we took a team over there, and uh, we were pretty amped up. We were, we were hyped, we were ready. Uh, but uh, when we saw these guys, these guys had beards. I was like 16. These guys had beards. Um, you know, they had, on the sideline there, they had, um, you know, they had uh, their ladies and they had kids, you know, they had kids on the, on the sideline. And uh, we were going, man, you know, are these men or what? But, um, but we persevered. We didn't win the final, but there were some memories. There were some memories. Uh, you know, we used to talk about our formal, um, our formal years in uh, school formal uh, back in the, uh, in the 90s, or no, back in the, in the late 80s there. Uh, you know, we, uh, we used to wear coloured suits, and they, they were the things back then, you know, the, 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 the most, uh, the, the brighter the colour of the suits, the, you, you, you were the man. I had a blue suit, you know, I didn't want to go too bright, I wanted to keep it, you know, kind of like lay, you know, a bit, bit low low, but uh, I had a blue suit, or, you know, I was looking suave, and my friend had a red suit, and uh, my other mate there had a yellow suit, and uh, we thought we were a purist form, I don't know whether you guys back in the 90s, uh, we thought we were purest form, boys to men, uh, you know, Jodeci, you name it. But, um, we 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 idolised those guys back then, and and we loved them. But uh, to wear a, a you know a bright yellow suit these days, I don't think you'll be here listening to me. <laughs> you know, we we back then we had platforms. You know, we used to wear Doc Martens. Uh, you know, platforms came in for a while, um, and we used to get so caught up in that sort of stuff. But um, you know. You try to relive your younger years these days, people just look at you and go, you're so yesterday. And, you know, you've got to let go and move on. And, I mean, you know, times have changed, amen? Times have changed. I mean, if I was to pull out a Refidex uh, these days and, and look, for, look for where you lived, you know, you'd laugh at me. You know, people got mobile phones now, they get a GPS and, and, you know, things have changed. We've got to move on. God is doing a new thing, Amen. You know, we can't be reliving our yesteryears because they hinder our ability to grab new ideas and doing new things for God. Amen? Um, you know, we've got to learn to let go of yesterday. You know, sometimes those times have, have just caused uh, those, those moments, you know, have, have really made an impression on our lives. And, and um, we're going to let go of that stuff. We've got to learn to let go and really start to see ourselves how God sees us in the future. We've got to look beyond um, yesterday and really start to see who God really sees us, who we are. Amen. We've got to grasp that with everything that we got. Amen. We've got to stay on the cutting edge, church. We've got to let go and forget yesterday. We've got we to let go and look beyond yesterday. We've got to let go and expect God to do something new in our lives. God is always doing something new. Expect Him to change the way He works in your life. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 in the Message Bible says, forget what Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going back over old history. Be alert, 
be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I am making a road through the desert, rivers in the bad land. Amen. You know, even God, you know, even though God is the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday, his works are new every day. His mercies are new every day, and his blessings are new every day. In the Bible, Jesus never did the same miracle twice. You know, he healed two blind men, one of them with mud and spit, and the other one he just spoke. He just said, your, fin- your sins are forgiven, and he saw. You know, Jesus never does anything twice. Expect God to do something new for you in the future, now. Amen? Don't get stuck in the past. Expect greater authority, power, breakthrough, and wisdom. Amen? We believe that the atmosphere of the church is changing, okay? And the people's lives are changing. It's bigger. It's better. Haggai 2.9 says, The glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. Expect God to do supernatural increase in your life. He has so, so much more in stock for us. He is unlimited. He is unpredictable. He is more than enough. He is God. In order to receive the new things of God, we have to, as people, start to shed ourselves of complacency. Amen? Ephesians 5.14 says, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead. The Christ will shine upon you. Complacency comes about when we are disconnected from God. Amen? When we get frustrated, we're waiting for a promise, we get disheartened, and we go do something else to distract us from the disappointment that we have. Keep pushing through, hold your faith, and keep stepping forward. When God, when God is not in people's lives, it creates a void that people will fill with artificial pleasures that give them temporary relief. When unchecked, these pleasures, these pleasures can become idols and strongholds in our lives. They have replaced the living God with things that are dead and useless. Amen? Either we have chosen to escape reality or we are distracted from the call of God. You know, these days there's so much distractions out there. You know, you walk down in the supermarket, there's about 3,000 messages. We're just walking down the supermarket aisle. You know that? Everybody wants to push their message onto you. They want to invade your mind with the things of this world. God says, protect your mind. Protect your heart. Um. These days, I mean, we have smartphones now, amen? We have access to so much information, so much more distraction, amen? You know, there's social media. Who knows social media? Who loves Facebook? I love Facebook. <laughs> um, but I've, I needed to learn how to, to, um, to control myself when, when I'm on Facebook. I need to stay focused. How easy it is to get distracted while you're on social media. You know that? Um, you know, when you're feeling a bit down, you look up uh, social media or Instagram, wherever it is, see a couple of likes, oh, feel good, sweet. And, you know, uh, you might get people on Instagram that like your photo or like what you had to post and, you know, it gives you a little bit of a buzz. Uh, but, you know, when you need to keep that stuff in check, um, 
You really do. And, um, you know, it starts to lead you down the, the um, you know, other people's journey and what God's doing in their life or whatever it may be. Or could be, um, it could be the devil distracting you from what you need to do. Keep pushing on for God. Keep putting God first. You know, it's like um, I, I, I liken, um, um, you know, choosing God first like doors. You know, um, it's like doors or it's like reading a book. You want, you want to move on to the next chapter. You want that season of disappointment to change or to move on to something better. You've got to keep turning the pages till you get to the next chapter. Amen? You've got to keep opening the doors of promise, and you need to shut the doors of yesterday. Amen? You need to keep closing those doors of yesterday and opening the doors of tomorrow, opening the doors to your promise and closing the doors of the devil and whatever he's going to do distracting you. Close it off, lead it alone, keep moving forward, keep opening up that door. You know, um, the Israelites were in the desert for about 40 years. You know, they served God and they went back. They just like went like round and round like a revolving door. Yeah. You need to make sure you keep that closed door and you keep moving forward. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to keep round and round. Amen. Escape. You know, people like to um, just, uh, people like to escape. You know, I used to like to escape uh, when I was young and, and now and again, you know, watch a movie. Uh, back then, I used to do drugs, um, alcohol, or get lost in work and um, all food shopping these days, you know. Um, you know, we need to, we need to, to engage God again, get back in the fight, pick up your faith, and keep pushing on. Amen? We need to, be, we need to have obedient minds for God. You know, uh, Prophet Julie was talking about which dog you fed. Either you fed the, dog, either you fed the flesh or you fed the spirit. You know, she likened it to a dog. You know, I, I, I take that further. You know, you need to have obedient minds. It's like walking a dog. It's like walking my dog. I'm not saying that, you know, but it's like that. You're walking your dog down the road, and, you know, it sees a cat. My dog hates cats, so, you know, he'll try to run and chase the cat and stuff like that. You need to pull your mind back into place. Amen? It's like, you know, you're walking down the road, and it starts sniffing every pole down to the park. You know, you need to pull that dog into line. You need to pull your mind back into line. You need to keep it obedient to the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. You've got to keep it in check. Just like when you're scrolling through your stuff and all that sort of stuff, close the doors, open the doors. Close the doors, open the doors to your future. Amen. Praise God. You know, King David was meant to go to war but ended up staying in the comfort of his palace. He became complacent, fell into sin, and committed adultery and then murder. Amen. We need to focus on Jesus and keep pushing through. Keep engaging in the call of God for your life. You know, God is pouring out an authority. You know, we need to be people that shed ourselves of complacency and grab a hold of God's authority. The word authority comes from the root word author. If if I were to ask you uh, what authority meant to you, you know, I might hear things like policeman, teacher, professor, principal, doctor, scientists, judges, ministers, politicians. And if I were to say what attributes uh, do they have in common, a lot of, uh, a lot of, we have, well, a lot of us may agree, you know, they haven't. If I were to ask you what attributes these people have in common um, with them having authority, um, I, can, I think a lot of us would say that they are people of power, they're people of knowledge, 
their people of control and experience. Does there, do we sort of agree on that? Amen. Um, so when we, so when you have authority, you have a combination of knowledge, control, experience, and power. Authority and author are the same root words. They are similar. They they are the same words. Um, they come from they come from the words that mean invent to promote. To find out who the who has the authority, we need to ask ourselves. Who is the real author? The Bible says in Revelations 20.12, God records all our works and judges everybody according to them. Um, so Jesus is keeping a record of everything that we say, everything that we do, even the hairs on our head. He has all got that written down on, on his book. You know, he saw these things right before the beginning of time. Don't you think he's the author? Man, he's an author, eh? He has power. In Psalms uh, 556.8, says, you, are, uh, you have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in bottles. Put my tears in your bottle. They are, are they not recorded in your book? Bill Johnson from uh, Bethel Church says about authority, you, to have authority, you have to have an intimate relationship with the author. Let me say it again. To have authority, you have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, God. Amen. And Hebrews 12, 2 says, Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. Jesus has the authority. Jesus is pouring out more of his word, more of him in you, so you have authority to overthrow the works of the devil in your life. You know, he is pouring out authority in you to overthrow problems that you have been struggling with um, in your life for so many long times, for so, so long. You know, just this week, I was driving around, we had a, and I saw a, um, a tree had fallen down because the roots had actually died. And there was another one that was pulled out, and they were just like pulled out from the roots out of the ground. I really do believe that God is is, um, pull, is going to pull out those things that have been hindering us for a very, very long time. You've been looking for breakthrough in. You know, uh, you've been carrying it for so long. God is breaking those things off you today. Amen. Believe it. He's doing it. You're going to be free. You're going to be, you're going to be even, you're going to carry authority. You're going to break into newer grounds. You're going to do greater exploits for God. You are going to do greater things. Expect it. God is moving. Amen. God is moving. We have to feel like you have, uh, you have, oh, have you ever felt that you don't have authority um, in your life as you, as you would like? It's because you are out of touch with Jesus Christ, the author of your faith. To know Jesus, the author, is to know your authority in him through faith. You know, Joshua 8, Joshua 1.8 says, This book, the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For in them you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, when Joshua, just before he entered the, uh, the promise, God gave him his word. And in there was authority and power to take over, uh, to overthrow giants and to take new ground and to cast all those demonic powers out. 
you know, I believe that he is increasing authority today to do the same thing. If we are to be successful in taking the high places, new territory, and reaching new levels for God, we need to be people that live and breathe the word of God in our lives. We need to be a people that walk in the power and the presence of God. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. You know, growing up um, in my in my growing up, uh, you know, uh, growing just growing up, you know, I received little or no um, affirmation or validation from my parents. Um, you know, this affected my identity uh, and my emotional stability as a young, young man growing up. Most of my life, I had been, um, you know, quite reserved and and quiet and shy, um, and I suffered a, a, you know, I suffered from low self esteem. Bound by fear and, and the fear of man, um, my quality of life was limited. But it was through the word of God that I was able to dislodge those lies and implant those, those truths in my heart. I was able to break those things off of my life and live a life of victory. Victory, you know, Being born again in God's family and raised up in the church, I learned who I am in God and the truth started to set me free. We need to be a people that really starts to honor God's word and to fear him and really start to absorb what God believes about, what God says about us. We need to let go of those things that, of those negative things that people think or try to project onto us. If they're not of God, check it, chuck it out and keep moving forward. Amen. Um, you know, the, and John, you know, uh, I just want to share a few keys that, that help break me through that may help you out. In John one twelve, yet all who do yet all who did receive him to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to be children of God. First Corinthians six seventeen, whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. You know, um, reading the word of law of God starts to wash your mind and wash your heart of those lies, and then um, you're able to walk a victorious life and, a, uh, and an identity in him. Because once you begin to, to know and understand God for who he is, you begin to understand who you are. Amen? Um, but before I experienced victory in my life, I had to know how to fight. I need to know how to war. Amen? And we need to be a people that know how to war and know how to fight. Amen? Um, we need to engage the fight in our minds, in the things that we do. We need to put Jesus as one, as as number one, and choose Him in everything in everything that we do. Every swipe of our phone, every open of every app, every door that we open, everything that we listen to, and then we allow into our hearts. We need to keep, make sure that everything that we receive and do is glorified unto God. We need to keep God focused and number one. Not onto other people. You know what really started to set me free in the fear of man? Is doing things unto the Lord. Doing things unto the Lord. If you have a fear of man and you're looking at pleasing man and, and giving your power away to them, where they, they can determine whether you are good or whether you are bad, you need to stop that. You need to focus on Jesus and believe who Jesus says you are. Because he has got words of life for you. Amen. He has got a purpose and a plan for you to live a prosperous and a blessed life. 
We need to focus on Jesus and start allowing him to speak into our life and cut everything else that is not of him off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Second Corinthians uh, 2 and 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience with your obedience is fulfillment. Amen? Amen. Um, If I can start to get the worship team up as we start to bring this thing to land. Fight your battles um, in your life, throughout your life. You know, the secret to catch out the enemy uh, when he attempts to slip into your thought life, uh, like the serpent did in the garden, you need to check every thought, even when you're by yourself. Paul says our primary weapon is the power to inspect and take thoughts captive as they enter our mind. Amen. So let us be a people to fight. You've got to take your mind back. Amen. You've got to take your mind back. You've got to take your identity back from the devil. He's a liar. You know, he just wanted to come, steal, and destroy. If you're feeling like you're in a place where you're feeling defeated or you're feeling like you're disappointed, it's the devil. You need to get back into God. You need to pick back up your faith, and you need to walk the walk. You need to... Give God glory. You know, God has given us so many weapons in His kingdom. He's given us so many weapons. So many weapons. You know, God is wanting to teach you how to fight. He's wanting to give you new armor. He wants to upgrade you for the new battle ahead of you. He wants to give you victory. He wants to see you prosper. He wants so much, so much more for you. You can't believe it. He just wants to pour into your life. He wants to pour so much goodness into your life. It's, it's heartbreaking. God is so good. God is so good. You know, in Psalms 144, 1 and 2, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Amen. God is training us. God is training us. He's going to give you counter moves for the devil. You're going to do super reversals. You're going to be the game changer. You're going to lift God's name higher. You're going to live a victorious life. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. That's who you are, a victor. That's who you are in Jesus. You are a great man, a great woman in God. You're going to shine His light. You're going to shine it bright. It's going to be a great future. It's going to be the greatest turnaround. It is so awesome. God is so awesome. You know, how, is, how do we train our hands and our, and our fingers to battle, to fight, to put Jesus first? You know, the devil ain't got a plan when you punch him in the nose and you're stomping and you got his foot, you got your foot on his head, dancing on his head, stomping on his head. Amen. Amen. Dance. Dance for Jesus. Clap your hands. Put them together. Raise them up. Praise them up. You know, offer a leading hand. You know. Offer a hand. When you do your work, do it unto the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. Do it with thanksgiving. Do it for Jesus. He's doing it for you. Do it for Jesus. He's saying, take my yoke. It's lighter. Take my yoke. It's easier. 
Take my yoke, it's lighter. You know what? Take off those burdens. Take off those troubles. Take off those disappointments. God is fighting for you. He's he's worrying for you. All of heaven is cheering for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer this morning.